0: Chiefs fans, football fans, and podcast fans alike, welcome aboard. I'm Jordan Foote. This is the Roughing the Kicker Podcast, the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast in association with Arrowhead Report. As always, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for making us a part of it. And with that said, let's jump into today's show. The man himself, Connor Christofferson, is back to answer your Rough the Mailbag questions on a Wednesday now, as we do during the football season. You can follow him on Twitter at Connor with an E. Underscore DKC. Connor, how's it going, man?
1: Going good, Jordan. Um I just had Chipotle. Uh, so that's one thing. And two, I was looking into some NFL fast R um library stuff last night on R Studio. Uh if you any of the Chiefs fans listening follow um Ethan Douglas or Ben Baldwin, they do a lot of stuff in R. It's basically just to like a uh, st- Uh, statistics, uh, I guess you'd say library for the R language, I have a computer science degree, so I was already privy to um, how stuff like that works, and so it was quite interesting for me to at least dabble a little bit in last night, and maybe I'll uh, do some stuff uh, this season with it.
0: Yeah, that sounds good, man, because you always have like really interesting articles, and I was telling Josh about that. He's like, you know, Jordan, like your articles are great, and they're like... "Mm -hmm." I do a lot of news now, like that kind of comes with the quote unquote promotion or whatever, but there's nothing like a deep dive or like an interesting kind of, uh, way to look at things or angle, like you said. So, um, that's going to be interesting and dude, I'm glad you said Chipotle, I had Chipotle for lunch. Um, I've been trying to limit myself to one meal a day and still like meet little snacks for my calorie deficit or whatever. I'm doing a decent job Added, I started back up on the, my fitness pal app, all that good stuff. So a chicken bowl from Chipotle gets me right. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing better. I think it's uh, one of the better people. I've seen a lot of Chipotle slander on the timeline lately and people comparing it to other things. I think compared to the price, like relative to it, Chipotle is still just fine. At least the one that I go to out in Lenexa.
1: It's fine for sure. I can definitely agree with people that say it's declined a bit yep. since like five years ago or so. Um, it's still fine though. Like people like dog it like it's like, oh, it's McDonald's or Burger King of Mexican food. I'm like, eh, not quite. But if I went to a Chipotle five years ago, I would expect it to be better.
0: Yeah, I agree. Dude, I've so I started my job at Rally House. I, I don't know if I ever told people this, I don't think I did. Um, I've been working at didn't rally share house. The intimate, I, I don't share think the I did.
1: Details of your life.
0: No, I, so I started a job at the end of July. Um, I've been working at rally house doing like SEO content, um, copywriting PR stuff, um, radio copy, like just basically a bunch of different things. My official titles like SEO content, copyright special, some like really long title. Yeah. That makes me sound it's a lot a fancier corporate. than I am. Yes, exactly. So been doing corporate work for them and then getting off and uh, coming home to do sports-related stuff to the max. Um, so basically I do sports all day still, but in a different realm. And there's a Chipotle like two minutes from work. So like twice a week I'm out there eating. And I think I had it today, which would have been Tuesday, Um, And I think I'm tired of it finally. Like I'll probably get like one more time, maybe on Friday or something. And then I might not strike, but um, consciously step away from it for a while.
1: Yeah, I actually go through phases with places too, where I just kind of order that one for like two to three weeks and then it goes on to the next one. I had a Panera phase for a bit and then they got rid of the sandwich I was getting every time. So I kind of just got extremely jaded with them um but and then i switched to chipotle the last few times i've gotten in a lot the past month and a half two months so um we kind of just have every type of food down here in belton raymore uh at least chain food um we do have a hawaiian bros though so that's nice um so i kind of just switch between all of them
0: yeah man i, I know west burns is going to listen to this probably bright and early wednesday morning like he usually does um I still haven't tried Hawaiian Bros and I've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. But like the thing is, my schedule is so screwed up right now because like I I sleep like 1230 to 530 usually Um, get up at five or 530, do like an article or two prep for the day, uh, cook my own breakfast. If I'm going to eat breakfast, go for a walk or whatever, try to do something productive in the morning and relax, then go to work, um, get off there at 530 Come home by six, do a podcast, you know, three times a week or whatever, do royal stuff. Um, then I'm not free until like eight or nine p.m. And then I'm like, do I really want to go out and get food? And then I'm not even hungry anymore because I worked through my hunger or whatever, if that makes sense. So it it's partially my own fault.
1: Is this your therapy right now, Jordan? Is this just you want everybody to know what the life of Jordan Foot is right now?
0: I try to be transparent. Like I try not to hide anything and um, I, I love it. I mean, it's a fun life. It's definitely been an adjustment having that 40 hour a week, like normal person thing. It's nothing like crazy. Um, on top of the, the sports writing, but, um, I think we've hit like our five minute tangent mark. We've got to be close. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut us off minutes. there. We're at six. Okay. So, um, I'm going to jump in. We have a mailbag. Um, by the way, this was a pretty good tangent. Like this was a top five, I think.
1: Oh yeah. Wait. As we get closer to the season, we have to be better with our tangents. That's just how it goes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Quality control. Um, and speaking of quality, man, we got four really good questions for this week's Brough in the Mailbag ahead of the Chiefs Week 1 matchup against the Cleveland Browns. Let's jump into the first one from hang a Melon. I think. Um, hang a Melon. you Hang-A-Mellon. can at me on Twitter with like a phonetic pronunciation of your uh, username or whatever, but... Hung a melon, hang a melon. sorry, <laughs> asks, what are your most and least optimistic takes that you have for the Chiefs in their first game, i.e. offensive line gelling, how the receivers pin out, personnel sets, etc. Connor, I'm going to let you start off with most optimistic and then uh, your least optimistic.
1: I think he talked about offensive line gelling. I think the offensive line will look better than we expect week one. I'm, I'm buying into that how uh, Creed and Trey Smith will look like they won't look like rookies per se I wouldn't say they would look like veterans out there but they'll look they will have few mistakes and they'll look better than who started at those positions last year for the Chiefs I think the one you have to question is really Lucas Yang um, and even Orlando Brown to an extent but I think they're all going to look good I think they got enough reps to where it won't be a disaster week one, and they're playing a really good defensive line. Let's say they only give a, a sack or two against Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney um, in the fierce interior of the Cleveland defense. I'd say they look better than most people expect week one. I think I'm optimistic about that. I don't know how well the defense is going to play week one. Um, I feel like this is going to be a shootout. I feel like it's going to be a 38-35 type thing, and that might get some people um, scared for the defense going into the year. They usually take a bit to like um, gel and um, find their footing, and with some interesting new pieces on the defense, unless somebody performs um, just takes over the game like a Chris Jones, I don't know how well they're going to do against a Cleveland offense that seems to be balanced and well coached. Uh, So I don't expect them to really put up a dominant performance. They could do something where they look fine and they only allow like 21 points, but I think they're going to allow more than that just because they need time to gel. Some players are new to the system. They'll need to learn it. New linebacker. Well, Nick Bolton, at least Willie Gay is not playing, but um, I, I'm not optimistic about the defense week one.
0: That's fair. Um, I, I, I predicted my score already. Um, I went on ESPN Wichita. That, that's not a, a brag. I literally just needed to say it for context. <laughs> for those listening, I hope I can see it now. But um, I said, I think, 31-23. And like, as soon as I said it, I was like, I wish I wouldn't have said that because I could see it being like a shootout. Like you said, Cleveland holding them to 23 points is a win, um, especially with how potent they are. But with that said, my most optimistic take is that the secondary is going to have a big day. Like, I think okay. um, I haven't followed the Odell timeline. I think he's going to play or is it's, he questionable?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Odell has been weird. I don't think he's been practicing or playing much. I think he's been practicing with Baker specifically on the side, but he hasn't been playing in the like uh, uh, contact practices. So I believe he's on track to play, whether it's like all the time week one. I don't know.
0: Yeah, so I think Odell and Landry, um, obviously a a talented duo, but haven't really gelled together in the time they've been together on the field. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins, like, not an exactly scary lineup per se. Austin Hooper, David Njoku, I think they could be interesting. Um, I was messing around before the podcast and found some data. Um, Cleveland ran 12 personnel, one running back two tight end sets. Um, 26% of the time last season, compared to the Chiefs, 18%. And the disparity here, Cleveland passed 62% out of 12 personnel um, versus a 38% run rate. The Chiefs actually ran the ball more often in 12 personnel, which actually isn't that big of a surprise if you watch Chiefs football, um, but it was 49-51. <laughs> so they were almost a perfect split. So um, I think that most optimistic. Legarius Sneed has a big day. Tyron Matthews able to play and is effective. Um, Dan Sorensen, I guess, is lined up against. Hopefully not one on one against too many people. Honestly, like he could take Austin Hooper and like keep up with him, I think. But stopping him is a different thing. Um, I'm just excited. I think Mike Hughes is going to play well. DeAndre Baker being listed so low on that unofficial depth chart was a surprise. Um, But that's what I'm most optimistic about. Now, least optimistic, um, I think the Chiefs are going to record one and a half sacks in the entire game. And I don't know if that's really even a horrible thing considering their offensive line. Um, It's just really good. Like Jedrick Wills is good. Um, Joel Betonio is a longtime veteran who's good, if I'm not mistaken. J.C. Treader is good. Wyatt Teller. And then I believe Jack Conklin is their right tackle. Um, if I remember correctly, so so. yeah, so they're gonna play. They're gonna run play action. They're gonna keep the defense honest. (laughs) Five good offensive linemen, and they have a cohesive unit. At worst, so um, with Chris Jones on the field, I think he gets one of those sacks, and I think like Mike Dana or someone, or maybe even Frank Clark, who's still recovering from the hamstring. I'm assuming he's good to go. Gets half. So I don't don't know if a
1: team as a whole can get a half sack though.
0: You're so right, dude. I am an idiot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can get individuals with half sacks, but you get out the entire Actually, team.
1: There is a way logically it could work out. Um, you know how when Brady somebody just flashes in front of his face, he just falls to the ground. Yeah, that should be a half sack on Brady. But uh, I don't think they record it like that is the thing.
0: I can't believe I didn't think that out. I literally typed it and was like, "Oh yeah, the Chiefs are going to get one and a half sacks." That it's literally impossible yeah
1: all right so, uh, say two mike dana breaks through against uh conklin once is
0: two even that play. horrible though like if that's my it depends least optimistic entirely
1: cake. it depends entirely on the pressure stats um because if it's two sacks with four pressures then it's pretty bad if it's two sacks with like eight ten pressures then it's all right that's that'd be good especially against an elite offensive line i would say the best offensive line in football I really, with uh, the Bakhtiari injury for the Packers, I don't think there's another offensive line that even comes close to the Browns just because they actually have five good players. (laughs) No offensive line can say like the chiefs, they have good players. Um, I would not consider Lucas Niang a good player right now. And there's there's still two other rookies um, and the Browns just have five proven good players. So it's going to be tough for the defensive line to really break through against that. And if they do, then the Chiefs could win by two scores because um, that's the Browns' strength of their team, in my opinion.
0: We got to get out of this question, man. I, You heard it here first, guys. I can't count to two. I, I give teams half stats when they don't count. Um, an all-time low. Eh, actually, probably not an all-time low. I'm sure I've said something else goofier than this. Um, but still... <laughs> Let's just move on to the next question. Rookie mistake. Rookie rookie mistake. mistake. Yeah, for someone who's been doing it for over a year, rookie mistake. But um, I'll give full credit to all the players and teams moving forward. How about that? So MEP9799 wants to know, who's the biggest threat to the Chiefs this year in the AFC and the NFC? Connor, do you want to take this one or do you want me to lead it off?
1: I'll give... uh... I'll give my afc at least and then maybe you can respond i have a tough time thinking it's anybody but the bills um just because people could say the browns and i think they're going to be good for sure i like their roster up and down i just the bills have a lot of continuity coming into this year Um, their head coach has proven sean mcdermott's proved it for a few years now that he's a quality head coach Um, i believe more in josh allen Um, this year than baker mayfield just being an elite top five quarterback um, because one josh allen has been that last year and baker mayfield has not been that um and in a quarterback driven league you kind of just want that elite quarterback um and i like the i think the bills have comparable talent even if total team talent might not be quite up to par with the browns i don't think team talent on paper necessarily matters too much if your coaching and quarterback are better, which I do think the Bills are, by a decent margin—not a lot, but by a decent margin. So, I would say it's the Chiefs, one A, Bills, one B, um, but they have to prove they can beat the Chiefs. And then the tier below that would be the Browns and the Ravens. Um, so that's how I view it. How do you view it, Jordan?
0: People who listen to this podcast. Know that I'm all in on the Browns being like a, a 12, maybe even 13 win team this season. Sure, I'm all in on Baker Mayfield potentially making another jump or at least playing to the level he played down the stretch last season. I'm mostly in on Odell having a better year. I think the defense is going to be good. Logic tells me to go with the Bills for every reason you just said. I think the floor with Buffalo is higher. I think the ceiling with Buffalo, not quite Cleveland's ceiling, but given Buffalo's a lot closer, I think, they don't have to do too many things right in order to hit their ceiling. Josh Allen just has to ball out for a game, essentially, and he's going to cover up for a lot. Um, Cleveland needs... The defense to gel. They need people to stay healthy. They need the Clowney signing to pay off. They need all the offseason acquisitions on defense to pay off. They need the offense to be potent. Passing attack led by top 10 quarterback Baker Mayfield. Um, He needs to turn into that. A lot needs to happen in order for the Browns to beat the Chiefs. And I don't think either team can come into Arrowhead in a playoff environment and beat the Chiefs. I would bet buffalo on that and i think the Chiefs will most likely be the one seed in the afc um so logically everything tells me buffalo but for some reason i I just don't know man i think the browns they're legit and the bills are legit too um but i think if baker plays the way i believe he's capable of playing not necessarily how he will but how he's capable of playing um that team they're just stacked Like, overall team talent, like you said, is a little bit higher. And I mentioned Buffalo doesn't need to do as many things right in order to beat the Chiefs. Um, But I think that's really the formula to beat Kansas City. You have to have a lot of things fall in your favor. And if that happens, I think Cleveland, they're going to be a really, really, really good team. What's up, guys? Thanks again for listening to today's show and taking some time to welcome Roughing the Kicker into your speakers and headphones. We're gonna take a quick break to hear from our sponsored programs, and right after that, we'll be right back.
1: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800 333 kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. Well there, you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18
1: plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I get it. I get the Browns hype this year. I'm just I put my eggs in the baskets of teams that have proven it before, and we saw the Bills got to the AFC Championship game last year and that's where the chiefs knocked him off meanwhile the browns the browns should have beaten the chiefs last yep. year when patrick mahomes went down to injury that was the prime time they just exercised their demons by being the Steelers. that was the time for the browns in my opinion to prove it and chad Henne beat them yeah um so we'll see they'd have added a bunch of talent they added john johnson um jadavian Clowney, and some more uh, other small uh nice role player pieces um, I just don't know if Baker Mayfield can become good enough to have them push uh, past the Bills. So that's why I kind of have him second. I feel like until we see the Browns prove it this year, I will be more um, afraid, I guess you could say, for a better word, um, afraid of the Bills.
0: And that's valid. Man, Allen has proven he can be a top-five quarterback. Um, he may be a top-five quarterback right now, um, Mayfield, he's played well and stretches like a really good quarterback, but never have I, I guess very rarely have I seen him play and be like that dude can be a top five guy like that dude can be a star in the NFL. Baker, he can be a really good quarterback, but also it comes back down to, um, they kind of have built to protect Baker Mayfield, like a lot of play action, great running game, great defense, great offensive line. A lot of quarterbacks in that situation would be unstoppable. Like Patrick Mahomes in that situation, unstoppable. Josh Allen in that situation, probably unstoppable. Tom Brady in that situation, winning Super Bowls. So, um, like I said, logically, Buffalo makes sense. And you mentioned a team that beat the Chiefs or should have beat the Chiefs. um, Tampa Bay, that's my NFC pick. I think I'm big on the Rams, I'm big on the Packers, um, but Tampa... Returning all their starters, Tom Brady still looked really good last season, um, had an up-and-down postseason, didn't do a ton in the Super Bowl, but that's kind of the, I don't want to say that's the story of his career, because he's done a lot of great things, but he, he's just smart. He doesn't always have to yeah. go outside of himself, make a ton of plays. He's going to take what defenses give him, he's going to take the opportunities and capitalize on them. Um and I trust him to do that, I think more than pretty much any quarterback in the league, even at age ever? yeah, ever even at age a hundred or however old he is. um so I'm gonna go with Tampa, About I think that. in the NFC
1: it's hard not to pick Tampa just considering you know they did beat the chiefs and then they returned their entire roster um I would say the second one you mentioned the Rams are the most interesting one to me because I'm curious to see what a Sean McVay-led offense looks like with a better quarterback. Um, Because he made Jared Goff, and Jared Goff was better in 2018 for sure, but he made Jared Goff look like an MVP candidate. Um, So I'm curious what he'll do with Matt Stafford. And the same, like, they have good weapons. They have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and uh, Tyler Higbee, which is a good trio, honestly. So I'm curious to see what they'll do with that and um, their defense should be stout again i don't see a reason for it to fall off that much compared to last year other than staley leaving but i mean they have all the talent still there they have Jalen ramsey so um, i think it should still be a top 12 defense at least so pairing that with matt stafford Sean McVay offense it's hard not to really like what the rams are doing there um this year and i think trading for stafford was a real savvy move
0: yeah i'm with you on that Um, I am all in on the Rams. You know, that too. I'm a huge Matthew Stafford guy. I'm going to have to eat crow. Um, if he doesn't at least get to like the NFC championship game this year, like I've hyped him the hell up and I know stuff happens in the postseason. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Like he could play really well in the divisional round. The defense could completely lay an egg, which I don't think would happen, but, um, you never know. But man, West Burns, this is the question I've been looking forward to all day. He wants to know, what overreactions do you expect after week one? They can be negative or positive. Man, I'm just going to jump in, if that's okay with you, Connor. Sure, go ahead. I've got three. Um, First and foremost, I think fans are going to overreact either way to McCall Hardman's performance. If he has a big game, people are going to say that it's fixed. If he has a bad game, people are going to say the sky is falling. So that's number one. Um, I think if the first-team offensive line plays well, the hype train's going to go like off the rails, I think. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I can see that happening. And then third, if the trio of hated-on players, any of them, Demarcus Robinson, Dan Sorensen, Ben Neiman, if any of them makes one bad play, it's going to be absolutely haywire. Like the Cut Robinson chants, for, they're going to show up at like their houses with pitchforks. It's going to be insane. Like, listen, guys. DeMarcus Robinson has a clear floor with the Chiefs, and it's 450 yards and like four or five touchdowns. He's done it for the past two years, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there. That's more than Byron Pringle's been able to give them. That's more than Darius Fountain's been able to give to any team. That's more than Marcus Kemp's been able to give to any team. Um, And that's not to say they wouldn't maybe put up similar stats if given those snaps or opportunities, but DeMarcus Robinson... He's not going anywhere unless he like single-handedly loses the Chiefs multiple games. Like He's not leaving the team. He's going to leave special teams duty. lost
1: him that Saints game last yeah.
0: year. And the Chiefs sure as hell brought him back for the next season. So he's not going anywhere. Dan Sorensen's not going anywhere. Ben Neiman definitely isn't going anywhere. If you could watch Chiefs football last season and they didn't have to bring him back. Wasn't he exclusive, right? So it was basically free to. They could have made him a special teamer. He was maybe going to be the dime linebacker regardless of Willie Gay's um, injury status. So those guys, I understand the concerns. I really do. Um, I I know that they make bad plays. I know they're limited players. I know there's more talented um, options at all three of those positions in terms of raw talent athleticism stuff like that but please don't be that person and i know everyone's going to be that person anyway are you asking me
1: because I, I will probably be I, that person. I know
0: everyone will be that person that goes on and says cut this guy this guy sucks he's trash like that's the one i'm most worried about not that i like any of those three players but i just the overreaction is going to be serious
1: those are pretty good ones honestly um I think the offensive line is going to be interesting. I think we won't see the tight end room used a lot. um, Just because it's going to be Noah Gray, a rookie, and um, Jody Fortson um, kind of just learning the position. So whatever the Chiefs... Because we saw Clyde edwards last year. He wasn't used much as a pass catcher for his whole rookie year. Um, So there might be some ramp-up time for Noah Gray and Jody Forsen to be used in the offense. Maybe some goal line packages, but I don't think it'll look that much different compared to last year, so there might be some pessimism about the tight end room. I would just say have some patience. And I think we've heard this one countless times over the last few years. Even though it's the Browns and their offensive line's great, their running game's great, we'll probably hear chants about how the run defense is trash again. Just because Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt behind that offensive line is probably going to rush for over 100 yards. If they don't, I think they stopped him pretty well in the playoff game. If they don't, that'd be impressive to me. I don't even mind if they rush for over 100 yards. Um, Just, you know, getting key stops would be fine. But like total yardage, it's like they're probably going to get theirs. It's fine. They're great players and a great offensive line. But people kind of lose sight about that and just look at the box scores at the end sometimes, and they'll see, oh, the Chiefs defense gave up 170 yards rushing. They're going to be trash again. I would say, well, let's wait a bit. They're playing a top three rushing team in the NFL. Uh, let's just cool the Jets and um, see what happens. I mean, the next week would be the Ravens, right? So it's like top three, uh, two top three rushing teams in the first two weeks. Uh, the run defense might not be ranked very highly, let's say, in the, in the league as a whole, um, after two weeks. So I think we might have to wait a bit to see how well the run defense is, especially when, um, Willie gay will be coming back after three weeks. So getting the three starting linebackers back, um, will also help that.
0: Well, Connor, didn't you hear that the, the only key you need to beat the chiefs is just run Uh, the ball. That's it. You just have it's, well, I guess you can control the clock too, but if you run the ball, that's what's going to happen. It doesn't matter if you finish your drives with field goals or not. It doesn't matter if you play good defense, it doesn't matter if you fumble. You just pick up some first downs running the ball.
1: Beat the Chiefs. Time of possession. That's it. That's the key, Jordan. It's simple. I really hate that the that that Colts game and Texas game Texans game happened back to back those few years ago where it kind of was the reason, but even if you look into it, it really wasn't the reason. But the perception from those games was, oh, there's the formula. That's the formula to beat the Chiefs. Run the ball, control the clock. And it's like, no, well, sure, but you're also relying on the Chiefs' offense to be as bad as they were in those two games when those were like historically bad Patrick Mahomes games. One, because of injuries, and two, just because it was there were some fluke plays in those games. Um, so you're relying on your defense to hold the Chiefs to 13 points. I don't think that's a very... Um, smart decision I guess you could say so the fact that that's been championed since 2019 now that that's the way to be, beat the chiefs midway through 2019 um I just I'm kind of tired of it and it'll be said again this year and probably next year and then the year after that um, it's just a bit annoying
0: it's it's the formula and speaking of formula um, our guy Noel backwards who is Leon I finally figured that out it, it I can't do math, apparently, but I can do some rearranging Is that was it words with friends that was like the Facebook game or whatever?
1: It was a mobile Scrabble game, yeah
0: yeah, i I played all those games as a kid, like, and some of them were just connecting words. Some of them were rearranging, but that explains a lot, um, I think, to to where I'm at in terms of being a nerd like that. But anyway, Leon wants to know what Brown's player singular could you see making it the hardest on the Chiefs on Sunday? I've got one person in mind. Like, I only ran through a few in my mind. Connor, who do you think of?
1: I mean, I know which one you're going to say. It's the obvious one. Oh, it's not the obvious one? I am a bit afraid of what Miles Garrett will do to the Chiefs tackles. I know there was a game where Orlando Brown held up fine against him we're also asking Orlando Brown to do different things on the Chiefs offense um, with the deeper pass sets. And uh, Miles Garrett going up against that, I'm not entirely looking forward to it. Um, And then if he ever lines up against Lucas Niang, um, good luck. (laughs) Good luck, Niang. Um, That one seems like the obvious one. I'm also, Jarvis Landry is interesting in the fact that I'm only confident in one Chiefs cornerback to hold up well against him in LeJarrius Sneed. If he lines up against anybody else, because I think he has been lining up more outside with the Browns, um, I don't know. I think he'll have a good day is what I'm feeling at least because I've always been a fan of Jarvis Landry. He's he's a fun player to watch. Pretty underrated, especially since he's uh, gone to the Browns. He's kind of flown under the radar a bit. Um, But I think he's going to be he might have a good game just because he's a type of savvy route running uh, handsy guy that the chiefs kind of struggle against sometimes.
0: Yeah, I have Miles Garrett, man. it's He's one of the best players in the NFL, one of the best pass rushers in yeah. the NFL. He's a freak of nature. Um, I should have put Orlando Brown specifically on the alternate side of my overreaction. Like if he has a rough game, I could see some it's... people like being ticked off at Orlando Brown, and it's not going to be necessarily his fault. hundred um, percent, he could be in for a long day. I don't think he's going to have a rough game, but I could see it happening.
1: My expectations are not high for this first game for him. I I know people have said don't overreact to the preseason stuff, but I haven't seen a lot to like go make me go. Oh, I get in now. You looked great in that rep. It's been a, you survived the rep, you looked fine. Or a, that looked a bit rough, dude. Um, and it probably will come with more reps. So I'm not going to like judge the trade or him based off this uh, training camp and preseason. But I think the early part of the season will be rough. And if it's not, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But my expectations are not very high, personally. My expectations are high for the three interior players. Um, and I have I'm cautiously optimistic about Lucas Niang just because I think being a rookie and not having gone through an NFL offseason I think he can uh, learn quickly and transform quickly I just don't know as a person who wasn't a big fan of Orlando Brown coming out wasn't a big fan of trading for Orlando Brown and now that he's on the team I have been a fan of what he's shown on the field I'm I'm waiting, waiting to see um, if he plays well this weekend. I and I hope he does. Then that'll quell some of my fears for sure.
0: Yeah, we're we're all about tempering expectations and you know, being balanced here on Rough and the Kicker. And this was a very unbalanced podcast, I think, and that's uh, perfectly fine with me. A perfect amount of, you know, kind of random stories and improper math. Um, sounds like balanced to me. Yeah, I guess it was a a perfectly unbalanced, unbalanced balanced, balanced, yeah podcast. Yeah. So same um, same page. <laughs> Connor, do you have anything else for us before we go?
1: I got nothing. I'm excited for football to be back.
0: Yeah, me too, man. I'm I'm super excited, and I'm super excited that the MBLs um were able to tune into our conversation. Thank you guys for doing so. We appreciate your time. Um, if you want to continue the conversation, make fun of me for giving team's half stats or not being able to do math or um, picking the Browns to be the biggest threat in the AFC follow Connor on Twitter at Connor with an E underscore DKC directed at him. Um, Then follow me on Twitter at footnoted. That's F O O T E N O T E D. Connor will make sure that I see it. Um, Check the links in the podcast description for Connor's Arrowhead report content, my Arrowhead report content, the rest of the crew's Arrowhead report content, The Discord server, check that out for exclusive mailbag availability, um, fantasy football in the future. The deadline is passed for that, so I have some things potentially planned for the Discord. Um, On Friday, I'll be joined by Pete Smith of Browns Digest. Super excited to preview Sunday's matchup, so until then, take care, and I'll talk to you on Friday.
1: Roughing the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a Kansas City Chiefs podcast
0: hosted and produced by Jordan Foote in association with ArrowheadReport.com and almost entirely LLC. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts or by going to smarturl.it slash show. For more Kansas City Chiefs coverage, go to Sports Illustrated's home through the Kansas City Chiefs, ArrowheadReport.com.